Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Nothing Else Matters by The Bobble Hat on AO3. Rating, Teen and Up. Metallica, Damage Inc., 1986, in Hawkins for one night only. Flop, with a grand gesture, Eddie slapped the flyer onto the picnic table. Steve, Nancy, and Robin looked up from their lunch with collective stares. Steve, in particular, was in the middle of a hearty bite of his hamburger and now had a pickle hanging from his mouth. So, Eddie asked, who's coming? Robin frowned at the flyer. Isn't Metallica that one band with the scary British dude? That's Black Sabbath, Robin. Yeah, either way. Eddie hopped onto the bench next to Steve, crouched on the balls of his feet. Listen, you guys have been uncultured for far too long. This is a perfect opportunity to really open your minds to the good shit out there. I don't know, said Nancy. All that screaming, it's a little rough to listen to. Ugh, that's because you're not listening. It's kind of hard not to when they're that loud. You two are hopeless. Eddie plopped onto the bench and swiveled to Steve, who had returned to eating his burger. Eddie's lanky arm flopped over Steve's shoulders, and he shook him eagerly. What about you, Harrington? You gonna let me down, or what? Steve swallowed. Um, he picked up the flyer. The show was that Saturday night in a venue Steve didn't recognize. What's the swill house? old warehouse outside of town that hosts most of these things, said Eddie. A couple of years ago, I saw Motley Crue, and I swear to God it changed my whole life. Yeah, I don't know, bud. Saturday is the busiest night for the video store. So close up early, Eddie pried. I mean, how many people are going to rent Beverly Hills Cop for like the millionth time anyway? We can't just close up, Steve argued. Bullshit, Eddie teased. How many times have you and Robin closed shop to go save the world or whatever? That's different. Oh, yeah? Eddie grabbed the flyer and leaned in uncomfortably close. Steve could smell the coconut shampoo from his wild curls. I fail to see how this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is not as important. Uh, because people won't die if I don't go, Steve offered. True, but if you don't go, you might as well be dead seeing as how you refuse to let yourself live. Steve shifted and pulled his head back. Yeah, okay, Munson. He ignored the patter of his heart and frowned at his half-eaten lunch. Anyone ever tell you that you're just a little too intense? No, why? Eddie didn't wait for an answer and was once again on his feet in a flourish. Steve wondered if there was ever a time when he could stay still. Listen, I promise you won't regret it any of you. Eddie shifted back to the girls. The flyer held high. What I'm offering you all is a chance of transcendence. You really want to look back at your life and think of all the countless Saturdays wasted working a shitty job? Or do you want to make some memories that will last you to the grave? You really want us to go, huh? Asked Robin. More than I can express in words. A crunch of gravel caught their attention, and they all turned to see a cop car pull up next to the burger counter. Eddie stiffened up and pulled from the table. Listen, I'm gonna book. Show's at eight. Don't let me down, yeah? 
With a quick hand horn, Eddie was off before the deputy stumbled out of his car to grab some lunch. In his haste, Eddie had left the flyer, and Steve picked it up to examine it. What do you guys think, he asked. I mean, it could be fun, Robin pondered. Been a while since we've had Saturday off. I don't know if it's my scene, said Nancy. Still, if it would make Eddie happy, God knows he deserves a fun night out after everything that went down over spring break. They were all in agreement. Steve was silent, staring at the badly copied handwritten flyer advertising the time and place. Robin took particular interest in Steve's quiet contemplation and nudged Nancy with her elbow. Nancy blinked, sipping her cherry Coke. With a nod from Robin, Nancy seemed to get the picture, and she cleared her throat. What do you think, Steve? Are you going to go? Huh? Steve looked up, a little wide-eyed. I mean, Eddie clearly wants us there, Robin pushed. It might even be fun. Er, yeah? Steve once more stared at the flyer. Fun. Nancy and Robin exchanged glances. Once more, they were telepathically in agreement, and they nodded. Maybe one Saturday won't kill us, Robin suggested. I bet if we put up signs, we can close by seven, giving us plenty of time to get ready for the show. And, uh, honestly, I don't have any plans, Nancy offered. Who knows? We might even end up liking Metalla? Metallica. Right. Yeah. Steve eyed them both. So you two are both going? Nancy and Robin nodded. Steve folded up the flyer. All right. I guess if you guys are going. But you have to promise me you won't bail. Scout's honor, said Robin. Zero bail age. Agreed. We'll be there. No question. Steve narrowed his eyes, forcing Nancy and Robin to assume expressions as innocent as possible. Steve finished his burger and wiped his face. All right, he agreed. I guess I can go too. The girls nodded with bright smiles. Steve stood and deposited his tray by the trash can, and Nancy and Robin exchanged one last knowing glance. Under the table, they shared a low five. The Swill House was bowed as elegant as the name suggested. It sat just off the main highway that led into Hawkins, hidden by a thin crown of trees. It looked like it was once an old lodging facility, but it hadn't been used as such since the Great Depression. The tin walls were rusted and barely held together with wooden plank banisters. The muddy plot of land to the left was full to the brim with cars, many of which were blasting metal from the speakers. It was 7.45, and although the doors were open to fill in, plenty of folks still lingered to smoke and drink and chat before the show. Eddie Munson Outside his shitty old van, smoked with agitation. He checked his watch for what seemed like the millionth time that night. He had gone by family video earlier in the evening to make sure Robin and Steve would be closing up early. Robin assured him that they'd be there, but Eddie still felt a gnaw at his gut. He was no stranger to having friends, of course. He had the Hellions, the affectionate nickname given to his Hellfire affiliates. He had Reefer Rick, Hell. He didn't mind hanging with his uncle from time to time. But that spring break had changed everything. Now, he was friends with Nancy Wheeler and Steve Harrington, of all people. The pretty popular kids. Robin Buckley was, of course, a band geek, and thus their friendship was a bit more solid of a foundation. And granted, the four of them had gone through hell and back together. Twice. But there was always that chance. 
that nagging voice that told him that now that the world was saved, their time together had reached its limit. That the natural order of things would rear its ugly head and return things to normal. Not that anything about that year had been normal, but... Honestly, Eddie was worried because he liked them. He really, really did, even though he knew he shouldn't. A car rumbled into the lot and Eddie looked up. He recognized Steve's maroon BMW and his heart gave a thrill. Steve parked not far off and got out. Noticeably, he got out alone and Eddie approached. Finally, Eddie complained. Where's Buckley? Robin said she wasn't feeling well all of a sudden, Steve answered. She says she ate something bad. Steve looked around. Hey, where's Nancy? Oh, uh, she's not here yet. She's not? Steve checked his watch. But the show's at eight. Yeah. Nancy's not late for anything, ever. Huh. Maybe there's a stomach bug going around. Maybe. Disappointed, Steve put his hands on his hips. Eddie felt a surge of panic and was quick to redirect the conversation. With a wide grin, Eddie threw Steve into a one-armed hug. Hey, but you're here at least, he reminded him. You ready to rock, big boy? I guess. Eddie slapped Steve's chest affectionately. That's what I like to hear. There was movement by the door, and most of the loiters began to shuffle inside. Steve and Eddie paid their ticket fee and wandered in. They ended up somewhere in the middle of the house floor, and Steve looked around. The whole place was done up with chains and lights, pointing at a flimsy stage near the front. It looked more like a torture chamber than a music venue. A semi-permanent bar set catty-corner to the stage itself, and Eddie scurried off to get them each a beer. Steve had a feeling that they didn't exactly card in a place like this. Returning to Steve's side, Eddie handed Steve a can of paps, and they clinked in a toast. To metal, Eddie cheered. Yeah, to metal. They took a sip. The house lights went down and the crowd lit up in cheers. Cheap smoke machines blasted the crowd and four stringy musicians with greasy hair stepped onto the stage from the back room. Eddie in particular screamed at the top of his lungs, throwing out horns as though he was ready for battle. As the lead guitarist began to strum, Steve could have sworn that the whole rickety building would come down any minute. The front man stepped forward and shouted into the mic. Hello, Hawkins. The crowd went wild, including Eddie. Steve lingered awkwardly at his side, sipping at his paps. Are you fuckers ready to rock? Let's do this. The guitarist let out a few distinct chords, and Steve felt the whole room shudder. Eddie, jumping up and down like a madman, was absolutely feral. End of passion play crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction. Veins that pump with fear, sucking darkness clear, feeding on your death's construction. Woo! In his excitement, Eddie nearly spilled his drink. Steve watched, a smile of delight creeping ever slowly on his face. Life in Hawkins had its challenges, far more than most small towns at least. It was easy to forget, between the numerous apocalypses and the weird laboratories and actual hell monsters— they were all just normal people, same as any others. Steve felt a kind of peace as he watched Eddie lose himself in the music. No thought to the Upside Down. No thought to the Demogorgons, or Vecna, or the Mind Flayer. None of that. 
just two friends enjoying shitty beer, listening to music. There was a purity in that Steve couldn't truly articulate. And so, as he watched Eddie's head bang to the beat, Steve decided to let his embarrassment slip, and he began to nod along. The longer Steve watched the show, the more he began to hear the music through the noise. It went hard, harder than Bon Jovi at any rate, but there was a kind of thrill in the heavy chords and the screaming lyrics. Before long, Steve found himself getting into it. He jumped and cheered with the others, spilling a little beer as he jutted his fist in the sky. During one of the slower songs, Eddie held up his lighter, as did many others, and began to sway gently with the music. Steve closed his eyes and listened to the lyrics. Welcome to where time stands still. No one leaves and no one will. Moon is full. Never seems to change. Just labeled mentally deranged. Steve chuckled to himself. Sounds like the perfect song for Hawkins, he thought. His eyes fluttered open and he glanced to his left. Eddie had also closed his eyes, his hands reaching to the sky. Steve realized as he watched Eddie soak up the song that he wasn't simply listening. He was feeling the music, letting the words sink into his skin, connecting with them. Dream the same thing every night. I see our freedom in my sight. No locked doors, no windows barred. No things to make my brain seem scared. Sleep, my friend, and you will see that dream is my reality. They keep me locked up in this cage. Can't they see it's why my brain says rage? The beat picked up as the chorus came along. Sanitarium, leave me be. Sanitarium, just leave me alone. Build my fear of what's out there and cannot breathe the open air. Whisper things into my brain. Assure me that I'm insane. Steve wondered, as he watched Eddie slowly fall back into a headbang, how precious these words were to Eddie. How personal. Shit. With everything they'd seen, it was any wonder they weren't all locked up in a padded cell, as the song suggested. But Eddie was not as familiar with the Upside Down as the rest of them were. He knew very little of the Munsons, only that Eddie's father was in prison for various offenses, and that Eddie had always been a bit of a black sheep because of it. How lonely had he been on those nights? Steve thought back to his reputation at school. If Eddie had kept to himself... Maybe not been so big or so loud or taken up so much space, he might have had an easier time. But every memory he had ever had of Eddie Munson at Hawkins High were memories of standing out. From his hair to his jacket to his rings, everything about him was a prime target for harassment. But he never buried it for the sake of others, never felt the need to hide himself, never felt the need to deny who he was to the world even when the world rejected it. And there he was, still bright and loud and happy to just be who he was. Steve couldn't help but admire that. The show went on for two hours. At one point, the front rows cleared, and dudes stripped themselves of their shirts and ran into the open space, throwing each other around like spin tops. Steve was utterly flabbergasted, especially when Eddie dragged them closer. What are they doing? Steve shouted. What are we doing? What does it look like? Eddie shouted back. We're moshing, Harrington. With no explanation whatsoever, Eddie shoved Steve into the pit, only to quickly follow after. Steve fumbled as shoulders and arms pushed him back and forth. Steve flailed, trying to keep his balance. 
Hey, what are you? Knock that off. Come on, man. Get into it. Eddie pushed him. Steve pushed back. Quit it. With a manic grin, Eddie pushed him again. They went back and forth, the pushes intensifying with every shove, until Steve found himself with a huge smile on his face. Before long, he was in the throng of pushes and shoves between he, Eddie, and a handful of metalheads in the pit. There was a kind of catharsis to the shoving that reminded Steve of being a kid, wrestling his friends in elementary school. The adrenaline kicked in, and soon, Steve was jumping and dancing and pushing and shoving to his heart's content. Eddie laughed wildly, spinning round on his nimble legs. He reminded Steve of some kind of satanic deer suffering from epilepsy. At one point, Eddie was pushed directly into Steve's arms, and the two stumbled out of the perimeter of the pit. Eddie gasped gaily against Steve's chest. Steve, out of instinct, wrapped his arms around Eddie as he regained his balance. When Eddie smiled up at him, he did so through a layer of glistening sweat. Something twisted in Steve's gut. It was not unlike the twist he felt when he kissed Nancy for the first time. The correlation shocked him, and all he could do was blink. Fortunately, when the band struck up a new song, Eddie removed himself from Steve's arms and went back to cheering. Steve, however, could not shake the twist for the rest of the show. When the final note ended, the band retreated backstage. Eddie and Steve found themselves at the bar, panting for air. They both decided to linger and let the crowd funnel out before them. They sat on reclaimed trash stools and enjoyed yet more Pap's Blue Ribbon, as that was apparently the only beer the venue supplied. So how was that, Eddie asked eagerly. He slapped Steve's knee. Have I converted you or what, Harrington? It was something, Steve said with a grin. Honestly, I really did have an awesome time. I didn't even hate all the music. That's progress. Eddie slammed back his beer and shook out his scraggly mane. Man, that was the best show I've seen in ages. And they played their new shit, too. I should make you a mix of all their best stuff. I buy everything they put out. Never would have guessed, Steve teased. He sipped his beer. His eyes had not pulled from Eddie since their time in the pit. He didn't want to admit it, or maybe he did. But Eddie wasn't a bad-looking guy. Now that he was actually looking at him anyway. That hair was something else, but he had a nice jawline and a cute button nose that reminded Steve of Nancy's. Those big eyes were easy to get lost in, and he was tall and funny. The question lingered in Steve's mind. Hey, how come you don't date? Huh? Eddie stopped his beer halfway to his mouth. What kind of question is that? I'm serious. I don't think I've ever seen you with a girlfriend. How come? Eddie set his beer can on the counter. You're kidding, right? Steve shook his head, and Eddie snorted. Dude, man, like, I get that pulling chicks is easy for you. Not so much for me. What? Why not? You can't seriously be asking this. Look at me, man. What, you think any of the dads here in Hawkins wouldn't shoot me on sight if I tried to take their daughters out for a milkshake? Come on. No, you come on. I'm a freak. Always have been. He took a swig of beer. Yeah, but like... Steve edged a little closer on his stool. What about your people? My people? You know, metalheads or whatever. There's gotta be some girls that are into this. I mean, sure, but... But? 
well, most of them are twice my age with a husband or a girlfriend. You know, old hippie types. So that's out of the question. Steve straightened up. Uh, what? Girlfriend? Eddie frowned. Uh, yeah. You know what a lesbian is, right, Steve? I mean, uh, Steve stalled. His mind went to Robin. Obviously, he knew what a lesbian was. His confusion came more from the fact that Eddie had said it so casually. Well, I mean, are metalheads cool with lesbians? Sure, Eddie shrugged. We're all freaks and geeks here, Harrington. Nothing we gotta hide when we're already the world's undesirables. Huh. Well, it made sense. Steve was surprised nonetheless. That's pretty cool. You think? Yeah, he hesitated. I actually have a lesbian friend. Oh, really? Do I know her? Um, no. Despite the new information, he doubted Robin would want Steve spreading her business without permission. No, she's from another city. Shame, you could have invited her here. Yeah, Steve watched Eddie light up a fresh cigarette. Hey, how do you think they know? Eddie closed his lighter and pinched the smoke between his knuckles. That they're lesbians. Eddie chuckled and scratched his jaw with his thumbnail. I mean, how did you know you let girls, man? You just know, I guess. At least that's how I'm assuming. I'm not a lesbian, obviously. Right, obviously. Eddie lingered, taking a drag on a cigarette. When he blew out the smoke, he spoke again. I mean, people are people, right? We're all just like bags of meat waiting to die. So who gives a shit? Steve tilted his head. Girls, guys, shit, it doesn't matter. Finding someone that makes you happy, that's what should count, right? Steve's throat went dry and he took a sip of beer. Yeah, he agreed. That's what should count. Hey, the bartender leaned forward, interrupting their conversation. You boys mind? We're cleaning up. Sorry, pops. Eddie threw a few crumbled bills his way and the pair of them moseyed out to their cars. Eddie opened the side door of his van and they sat on the step together to finish their beers. Eddie leaned up against the side of the van, staring into the heavens. They were far enough away from the big city that the stars were all but unchallenged for light. Eddie ashed his cigarette onto the dirt and finished it off. It's weird. I used to not think about aliens. Steve's brows knit in confusion. Huh? Aliens, you know. Who was talking about aliens? Well, I was just thinking... He snubbed the filter of a cigarette under his boot and returned his eyes back to the stars. We've got this whole other dimension underneath us. So, like, clearly other worlds exist. And if other worlds exist under us, we probably got stuff over us, too. Like, damn, I used to feel small before all this shit went down. But now? Now it's like, it's like I'm... He chuckled and took a sip of his beer. Like I'm dust in the wind, man. All of us. Steve hesitated. Oh, well, I guess. You never thought about it, or? Not really. I don't think my brain can go that far. I kind of just survive from one disaster to the next. Eddie frowned. How many disasters are we talking? Shit, um, this would be the fourth one? That I know of? Maybe technically the fifth. Jesus. Right? Steve took a sip. I need to get out of here. Out of Hawkins? Yeah. Hmm. 
Steve glanced at Eddie. What, you don't want to leave? Well, Eddie began. It's not that I don't want to leave. I just, I don't know. I never thought about where I'd go. My whole life's been here, man. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that I don't know anything else. It makes the whole proposition worth it, maybe? Eddie shrugged. I guess I just got comfortable here. Comfortable? Even after everything? Eddie chuckled. Shit, man. Since those murder charges got dropped, I'm pretty stoked to just sort of chill for a while. Nothing exciting, just be. And if I gotta do that in Hawkins, I gotta do that in Hawkins. Huh. They went quiet for a while. Steve watched the rest of the crowd disperse. Cars with booming speakers peeled into the night. Steve lingered on their vanishing taillights. Hey, uh, thanks. Eddie looked up. For inviting me out. I actually did have a pretty great time. A smile curled along Eddie's plump lips. Glad you gave it a chance, he said. This wouldn't have been as much fun without you. Steve's smile was sweet, almost shy, and he stared into his beer. Eddie felt the urge to flirt and stretched out on one of his spindle legs to rest behind Steve. He nudged his lower back with his calf. So what, is this the part where you invite me to your place for a little nookie? Steve snorted. Fuck off, man, he laughed. What, you don't kiss on the first date? Steve swatted lamely in Eddie's direction, and Eddie snickered, biting his tongue between his teeth. I promise to keep my hands outside your pants. All right, all right, fuck. Steve laughed against his beer can. We should call it a night soon, though. What for? It's Saturday. Yeah, but don't tell me you're an old man. You're a menace, Munson. From beyond the tree line, they heard the roar of a truck come closer to the venue. By now, just about everyone had gone home, save a few lingering stoners hotboxing in their cars. Steve could make out the tear of rough tread on dirt and the hoots and hollers of drunken good old boys. Steve felt a cold pit in his stomach. We should go. Before they got the chance to jump into their cars and split, a Chevy broke the tree line and slammed on the brakes not that far from where they were loitering. Eddie recognized the faces of a few low-life neighbors from the trailer park. There were four in total, two of them hanging out in the truck bed, guzzling beers. They got out, making Eddie tense up. The fuck? Earl, one of them snapped. I thought there wasn't a show tonight. It was supposed to be out by now, answered another, presumably Earl. He was a meaty dude in ripped flannel, a cigarette behind his ear. He scanned the area, taking stock of the lingering remains of the Metallica show. Oi, move out, you fucking dweebs. Go on, beat it. Not wanting trouble, many of the metalheads took that as their cue to vacate. But Eddie, his eyes pinned on the posse, tightened his grip on the van's side step. Steve could feel his muscles tensing in fear. Earl's beady eyes went to Eddie. That means you too, princess. Wait a minute, Earl. Another step forward. When he smiled, his rotted teeth flashed underneath his tobacco-stained lips. Ain't that Munson? Oh, shit it is, Earl laughed. Figures we'd find you here, you demonic little spaz. Eddie, finally out of his daze, stood up from his step and held up his hands. Hey, man, no need for that. I'll go. I'm going now. He fished out his keys only to fumble and drop them. He bent down to swipe them up, but one of Earl's goons shoulder-checked him into the van. Steve was up in an instant, 
He glanced at Earl and his friends as Eddie tried laughing it off. Ha! Yeah, man, you got me. He rolled onto his feet, only to watch one of the hicks kick his keys out of reach. Steve stepped up, using Parva's body to block Eddie from the others. Give those back. Earl scooped up the keys from the dirt and spun them on his fingers. Or what, pretty boy? Steve. Eddie's voice was quiet and urgent. Dude, man, it's okay. Let's just take your car. I'll come back for mine in the morning. Give him back his keys, Steve said again. Earl tightened his fist around Eddie's keys. You didn't answer me, you fucking ice cream. What are you going to do if I don't? I'll bash your face in. That's what I'm going to do. A ripple shot through the group. All eyes, including Eddie's, swiveled to Steve in disbelief. The hicks burst out laughing while Eddie's stomach dropped out of his body. Panicked, Eddie moved in closer and spoke again. Dude, stop. They'll ring you out, man. You'll get hurt. Munson, these assholes are nothing compared with most of the shit I've had to deal with. I'm getting you your keys back. Crack. From nowhere, one of Earl's goons threw a sucker punch into Steve's jaw, spinning him out. Eddie shouted in surprise and grabbed him before he collapsed. Fortunately, Steve was back on his feet within seconds. Unfortunately, he was unarmed, and four drunk rednecks were still four drunk rednecks, even against someone who fought off the forces of the Upside Down. Earl managed to grab a hold of Steve's arm, twisting it painfully behind his back. That's when Eddie, with no time to talk himself out of it, jumped onto Earl's shoulders and started pounding him in the head. The whole mess was a sloppy display of arms and legs, kicking up a tornado of dirt. At one point, Earl managed to yank Eddie away from Steve's side and pinned him onto the side of the van by his collared shirt. Steve, who was on the ground weathering boots to his body, had no chance to rush to his aid. And so, faced with Earl's fist, Eddie threw his arms up in front of his face to try and protect his nose from Earl's knuckles. Woo! A police siren cut through the fight like a hot knife through butter. Eddie looked on with fear in his eyes as two deputies hurried out of their cars. The hicks scattered like roaches, and knowing that his beat-up old junker couldn't make it out in time, Eddie grabbed Steve's hand and the two of them raced for the BMW. Steve was woozy still, but had enough sense to realize their priorities. What about your van? Who gives a shit? I'll get it later. Just fucking drive, man. With no other option but stay and get arrested, Steve brought the car to life and thundered further into the woods just as the cops were busy tackling Earl and his posse for questioning. The woods were dark, and Steve nearly crashed into a tree more than a few times, but eventually he found a dirt road and straightened out. While they sped off into the night, Eddie looked behind them for any hint of red or blue in the distance. For now, it seemed they were safe. Eddie laughed in pure relief and banged against the roof of Steve's car. Yes, yes, he slapped his hands together. That's what I'm talking about, Harrington. Whew, Dukes of Hazard, right there. Steve tried to be annoyed at Eddie's excitement, but truth be told, he'd be lying if he wasn't a bit gleeful himself. They drove until they reached a summit, free from any wandering eyes that might interrupt the rest of their night. Steve had the windows rolled down, letting in the cool summer air. Shutting off the car, he and Eddie leaned back in their seats and sighed out. All the adrenaline was leaving them. Steve could feel the ache of some of those bruises and flipped down the mirror. A purple kiss was starting to form under his left eye. Man, I'm so sick of getting beat up, he said. Eddie laughed, sweeping back his wild hair. Story of my life. He rolled his shoulder. I told you, man, 
We should have just left. What? And let those guys laugh at us while we ran away with our tails between our legs? No fucking way. Oh, yeah? You're a tough guy, huh, Harrington? No, I just... Yeah? I just... Steve shifted. I don't like bullies. That's all. Is that right? Eddie wiggled his finger in his ear, popping his eardrum. Why? I can't imagine you have much trouble with bullies coming up. Steve let his hands linger on the wheel. No, he admitted. I was one. Eddie cocked an eyebrow curiously. Back in high school. Not proud of it, but I wasn't that nice a guy. I guess you could say I'm atoning. Huh. He drummed his fingers on the edge of the door. You ever throw me into a locker? Just while we're on the subject? Steve smiled bitterly. I don't think so. You sure? Positive. Cool. Eddie looked out his open window, once again admiring the stars. Steve's eyes were drawn to Eddie's profile. The moon was crisp against every detail. Well, thanks anyway. Maybe you were a bully back then, but you're a good dude now. Am I? I'd say so. He turned back around. Steve wasn't prepared for that. Wasn't prepared to look into those big doe eyes. Wasn't prepared to be faced with his lips or that cute button nose. Steve could see a few scrapes on Eddie's cheek. He wondered if they hurt, or if Eddie could feel them at all. When Eddie blinked, his lush eyelashes fluttered over his apple cheeks. You're a real good dude, I think. Oh. It was all Steve could think to say. His heart was racing in his ears. He and Eddie were inches away. Somehow they managed to pull close, like they were magnetized to each other. Steve's brain was all but shut off. He liked to blame it on the beer. But the day he got drunk off Pap's Blue Ribbon was the day he turned in his cool kid card for good. Well, you're, uh, you're a good dude, too. Yeah. Without thinking, Eddie licked his lips. Steve watched those lips pucker and relax. He drew ever closer. Not too weird for you? Steve laughed lowly. I mean, you're, like, yeah, you're weird. You're, like, insanely weird. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm used to weird. By now, they were over the center console. Even with the beer, cigarettes, and sweat, Steve could still smell the coconut in Eddie's hair. I think I like weird, he said. A wide smile spread over Eddie's lips. Good, he said. His eyes fluttered until they were mere slits. So, are you going to kiss me or... Steve leaned in, closing the gap. The kiss was firm. Almost as if Steve was determined for it to happen and nothing else. Eddie's long fingers reached up to cup Steve's jaw. Steve clutched Eddie's slender waist and the kiss deepened. That firmness gave way to hormones, and before long, Eddie was clamoring over onto Steve's lap. His legs fit perfectly on either side of Steve's thighs, and the kiss deepened further still. Steve's mind began to switch on. You're kissing a guy, he told himself. Yeah, he argued back. You realize this. Eddie is a dude. Yep. And we're okay with this. Why not? He kisses nice. Yeah, he does kiss nice. So do we like dudes? Not sure. Maybe shelve that for another time. Good idea. Eddie curved his back and kissed deeper still, his curtain of hair hiding them from the world. Steve trolled his fingers in that hair, laughing against Eddie's lips. It was nice, that kiss. It was a break, 
a break from Hawkins, a break from reality, a break from expectations, from order, from chaos itself. Nothing mattered outside that kiss. When they broke apart, their foreheads pressed together as they caught their breath. Shit, Steve muttered. Yeah. Are you? Eddie nodded. Mm. Steve hesitated. He was too, horribly. But checking the time, it was nearly midnight. Not to mention, there were a lot of things to sort through now. Lots of emotions he needed to examine. Listen, Eddie, we, uh, we should. Eddie's eyes lost their luster. Oh, he pulled his head back. You, uh, you want to put a hold on this or? No, no, it's not that. Steve ran his hand up and down Eddie's thigh. This is very new for me. So, how about I take you home and we talk about this? Eddie's eyes shielded away. Steve reached up and cupped his jaw. Look, don't get down. I'm... I like you, Eddie. Eddie looked back. I do. I like you a lot, I think. You don't have to lie to me. I'm not lying. Sure. No, listen to me. I'm not lying. I don't lie about this stuff. Honest to God. Eddie still seemed skeptical, but heard him out. I had a lot of fun tonight. A lot of fun. And I want to do it again. That spark returned to Eddie's expression, and he regained his smile. Yeah, he asked, hopeful. Yeah, Steve repeated. Let's just not go crazy or anything. We'll take things a little slow, and we'll we'll figure it out. Does that sound good? Eddie hesitated. And... You don't mind figuring it out with the freak? You know people still think I killed Chrissy. I know. He cut both sides of Eddie's face and their nose touched. But none of it matters, okay? None of it matters. None of it matters, Eddie repeated. He sighed through his nose and curled up into Steve's chest. Steve held him close and pet his hair. Okay, we'll take it slow. Thanks. Steve kissed the top of Eddie's head. Let me take you home, yeah? Yeah. The drive back to Eddie's place was quiet. At some point, Eddie and Steve's hands met over the center console. Their fingers laced together, fitting easily into each other's palm. They didn't have much to say that wasn't already said. When they came to the trailer park, Steve shut off the car, and they sat there a moment. Eddie spoke carefully. You want to, uh, spend the night? Steve looked at him. We don't have to do anything. I just... Eddie glanced out the window. Those assholes live around here. I don't really want to be alone, you know. Steve nodded. Yeah, okay. They got out of the car and headed inside. With Eddie's uncle at work, they were alone. The trailer was how Steve remembered it the last time they were there. Cluttered with all kinds of trash and thrifted junk, but warm in its own way. Eddie, like a chicken with its head cut off, hurried about, trying to clean a little. Steve smiled. Chill, man. I'm not judging you. Yeah, still. Eddie dumped the garbage into the trash can. My, uh, my room's over here. Eddie pointed down the hall, and after locking up tight, they headed to Eddie's bedroom. Much like the rest of the trailer, its walls were busy with all sorts of clutter. Only Eddie's particular brand of clutter happened to be band posters, concert tickets, and song lyric sheets. Eddie kicked off his boots and went to the closet. I, uh, you want something to wear? To sleep in? I'm good, Steve yawned and rubbed his bruised cheek. Maybe just kick off my jeans or whatever. Yeah, Eddie kept his back turned. 
You want privacy? Nah, I've shared enough locker rooms. Without propriety, Steve stripped down to his boxers and undershirt and flopped onto Eddie's bed. Eddie glanced over his shoulder as Steve yawned wildly. Well, you come into bed or what? Eddie lingered. Okay. He peeled the jeans off his legs and took off his jewelry. Once he was bed ready, he climbed in on the far side. He and Steve laid stiff on their backs, staring at the ceiling. The silence was deafening. Eddie cleared his throat. Uh, night, Steve. Yep, night. Sleep tight. Uh Uh-huh. Don't let the bed bugs, Eddie. Yep. Again, they laid in silence. Eddie glanced at Steve out of the corner of his eye. Carefully, his hand drawled between them and lay dormant. Steve and Kine let his own hand drift downward. Their fingers found each other in the darkness, and with silent smiles, they curled together. Their eyes closed. They fell asleep side by side and hand in hand. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.